So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about someone who is near and dear to my heart that um, can make crazy things happen. The unexpected happen, right? Um, so we've been in this series called Spiritual Formation um, with the goal to what? To what? Let's do it all together. Ready? We're going to say, be like Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of in this uh, process of becoming like Jesus in this apprenticeship to him. So we talked about how we're changed last week. What were the two things that we talked about? Um, pretty straightforward and simple, and it should be easy to remember. What was it? Oh, no, Zach. You forgot already? Okay, we talked about prayer and spiritual reading, right? Prayer and spiritual reading. So the two, the two ideas there was, one, we're changed with the prayers that we pray, right? The thoughts and the ways that we connect and encounter God change who we are. And then we're also changed by the things that we read, right? And that's why we started um, SOAP last week. If you weren't here last week, then I'm really excited because you can jump on board this week. You're only seven days behind, so you only have to read like three chapters or something, right? Four? I think we're on chapter four, verse 12. Look, at I did it too. Don't worry, I, I've been trying to keep up. But the soap reading is a way to get into your Bible every day and watch as the word changes you. Because we said uh, last week, one of the things that I said was, if you want to change your life for the good, for the better, right? The one thing that you can do is intentionally read your Bible and intentionally take notes about what you're reading and to observe the different ways that God um, is using those those scriptures, those passages to change your life, right? Okay, but today we're talking about the Holy Spirit, that person that's near and dear to my heart, okay? So if we look at it this way, to kind of break it down for those of you who might not fully understand what the Trinity is, right? We'll talk about um, the Trinity is just a big word for, for who God is in, in our religion of Christianity and in, in a relationship to Jesus, who God is to us, right? So as we start, we have who is Jesus? And Jesus is our example of how to live here on earth. He came on earth, he did a lot more than that because he offered a way to salvation. But as he was living, he was our example of how to live our lives. He's still alive today. Let's not jump into the semantics of it. But the idea is that he was our example of how to live here on earth. God the Father is our creator. He's the one that when we're singing those songs, we're saying, I, I know who he says I am. That's God the Father. He says that you're righteous, holy, and called to something better. Right? Now, the Holy Spirit is, is what Jesus gave us through the cross. He gave us this direct relationship with, with God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God with us here on earth. He's the one that uh, steps into your broken moments and picks you up. He's the one that gives you um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And he's the one that uh, can step into moments like we had last week where we had those 10 minutes of prayer. And we watched as um, a couple different individuals said that they felt called to say or to pray something specific. That's the Holy Spirit in them calling them to do that. Some people call the Holy Spirit similar to a conscience. If you have a strong conscience or a strong sense of what is right and what is wrong, some people could say that that's the Spirit in you. Um, if you're a Christian, I believe that in some ways that is the Spirit in you. That is God's laws coming to you through a relationship with Him. But additionally... Um, the Spirit really is what we cannot be here on earth. Did I say that on my slide? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is what we cannot be on our own. So in, in Galatians 5, 16, about 
uh, Paul's in a passage there writing to the church in in Galatia. um, And he says, if you walk by the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What are the desires of the flesh? Any answers? No, the desires of the flesh is anything in your life that isn't God. It's the the things that that you are innately drawn to. So if you know that there's, here, let's do it this way. There's two shows on TV. One is like Arthur. Okay, you've seen Arthur? (laughs) I loved Arthur when I was growing up. If you don't know what Arthur is, then think like Dora the Explorer, because you know who that is. Okay? Sesame Street, there you go. The other one is a show that you know you shouldn't watch. It's got like bad stuff in it. There's like a lot of curse words, maybe lots of drugs and alcohol, maybe the other things that will remain nameless. You know, the bad stuff that you're not allowed to watch. Rated R or something. Which one do you choose to watch? Sesame Street, yeah. But which one do you feel like you really are curious about wanting to watch? The rated R one, because you want to know what's in it. It's, it's your sinful nature. It is your flesh. Wanting to partake in what is the flesh. That's, that's our desires, our selfishness. Everything that we are apart from God is our flesh. We're going to break that down a little bit tonight. Okay? So the Holy Spirit in us is what we cannot be on our own. He's our counselor. He's a teacher to us. He's a helper. And he is the friend. When you have God as a friend, you have the Holy Spirit walking alongside you. Um. Let's dive into Romans 8. We're in Romans 4 right now for your soap plan, but here in this next week, we're going to be diving into Romans 8. And Romans is a really big book. There's a lot of stuff in there, so if you have questions about it, you can ask your small group leader in small group tonight. We're going to give you guys a little extra time to do some stuff like that. But looking at Romans 8 in verse 5, um, this whole chapter is all about living life um, by the Spirit, okay? In chapter 5, uh, Paul says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. There's a lot. We're just jumping right in. It's a little bit wordy maybe to understand, but we're going to keep going and then we'll break it down. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So we're going to stop there for just a second, okay? We talked about the flesh a little bit. Do you you feel like you have an understanding of what the flesh is now when you're reading it in this chapter? If you don't, please say so and we'll explain it a little better. You feel like you got it? Okay, good. So if you understand what the flesh is, and then it breaks it down really simply and says, um, right there at the beginning, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So as you become a follower of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus, and we take these practices of Jesus seriously, practices as simple as praying and reading your Bible and then living life by the Spirit, you grow in your relationship to God and thus can, can do away with the relationship with, with the flesh. You can do away with your relationship with the things that, um, that you don't want to be. Let's just put it as simple as that. It's all of the things that you do not want to be in your life. It's the way that you treat your parents and then you get in trouble for it, or the thing that you say about your friend that you really shouldn't, or the lack of humility that you have, or the pride that comes out of your mouth in different situations, and you go, shoot, I should not have said it that way. That's just overflowing of your sinful nature. That's overflowing of who you are apart from God. But who you are with God is, is in 
straight accordance. It, it, it's as if until you understand who the Holy Spirit is to you and who you understand who Jesus is to you and what he's done for you, that you can't submit to God's lies. You can't understand even like what I'm talking about right now. You're just kind of like, wait, what is this guy got going on? Because you need to have the Holy Spirit there in your life to even teach you in moments as simple as like while I'm trying to teach you or while your small group leader is trying to teach you or while you're in conversation with your parents. Um, so let's quick break this down. We didn't do this the first week and I did that intentionally so that we could kind of lay a foundation for what it means to be an apprentice to Jesus. And if you're ready to take the step to be an apprentice to Jesus, it's, it's a really simple. I've broken it down into three steps. Okay. Number one, all you have to do is believe and ask Jesus to set you free. Really straightforward and simple. You can do this. This could be seen as like the prayer that you say in your heart. This could be seen as you um, talking with someone saying, I, I'm going to believe in Jesus. I'm going to absolutely believe that he's going to set me free. Okay. And then he sets us free from the consequences of our sins, but he doesn't set us free from all of our flesh right away. And that's the journey. That's the battle. That's the everyday pursuit of God and the Holy Spirit living in you. Right. So the second step in this process is being made righteous by living in step with the Spirit. Okay, that's the, the passage from Galatians that we read where Paul encouraged the church to live in step with the Spirit, to, to do the daily reading, to do the prayer, to find ways to incorporate God into your daily practices. So being made righteous by intentionally living with the Spirit of God alongside you, step by step, right? And then we're putting this one in the middle because this, let's go back to... I. To this one, right? So we ended this, this passage in Romans 8, 5 and 8. So chapter 8 ends and he says, um, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God, right? So until you have accepted Jesus to set you free and you seek to live in step with the spirit, you cannot please God. But then we'll go and we'll finish the rest of this um, paragraph that we started in verse 9. It says, you whoever, this is those of you who accepted Jesus, who truly believe that this is something that you want to do. If you want to live free from sin, if you want to live free from your flesh, it's you, whoever, that are not in the realm of the flesh any longer, but are in the realm of the spirit. Um, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even through your body, then even though your body is subject to death, like at the end of your life, because of the sin that was brought into the world, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Are you lost? I'm kind of lost. <laughs> it's really easy to get lost in these big chapters in Romans, which is kind of why I wanted to use it today, because you're going to read it this week and maybe it will click in a new way because we already talked about it once. Okay, so let's go back a little bit in this one really quick. Let's go right there to that hand. Three lines up. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Let's think about this for a second. Do you guys know that Jesus died? Why did Jesus die? For our sins, so that we can experience eternal life, right? So that we can have a relationship with this guy named the Holy Spirit. Okay? But... How did he get? How did he like come back from the dead? He died, but then how did he come back from the dead? The Holy Spirit raised him back to life. Is it kind of a crazy concept? Kind of. Are you? I mean, are you thinking about it? Like literally, right now, if someone 
for some reason died, or if, let's say I died, okay? Right now I just had a heart attack and died. And then the Holy Spirit decided I wasn't supposed to be dead yet, and all of a sudden I, I just was alive again. Can you imagine that? People have this happen. I had a best friend, actually, just this last year. He gets in a, gets in a car accident. Super bad, okay? He's driving down the road. This other car comes 60 miles an hour and T-bones him. He was pronounced dead for three minutes. Completely dead, lifeless, no breath. His brain was like not functioning. However they measure that. Okay, completely dead. For three months, so you know that he came back to life. So his mother-in-law is in this house and he's out here on the road and he had just dropped off his son. So really cool because his son wasn't in the car. He gets dropped off at the house. He drops off his son, leaves, and then he gets T-boned and his mother-in-law watched it happen. So she sees her son-in-law get T-boned by this car and I should have found a picture or something. I wasn't sure I was gonna tell the story, but he gets T-boned by this car and it's a minivan. And guys, I'm telling you what, you know how the seats work in a car? You have the driver's seat, then you have the passenger little thing in the middle and then you got the passenger seat, right? The driver's seat was where the passenger seat is supposed to be after he got hit by the car. The other seat just like went out and like he just moved all the way over. So the paramedics get there and they look at him and his, his mother-in-law is running down the road and she's praying the whole way. She's saying, Jesus, 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 this is not his time. And he has, he has a little boy who's uh, now two years old and then he has, his wife is pregnant with their next baby and she's uh, like three months pregnant three months pregnant, so she still has six months to go or so. I forget exactly, but something like that. Their, their, their son is now five months old. So it was about a year ago, okay? And this, she's running down the road, she's praying, just Holy Spirit, like would you bring him back to life? And she gets to the car and she looks at him and he's like, and she stops. She stops, it's like for me to bring, okay? She stops and she's looking at his body and he's not breathing. He's not moving, he's not breathing. She hears the sirens coming. And then the paramedics get there, and she says, can I just pray for him? Can I just pray for him? It's been a few minutes, right? She lays her, her hands on him, and all of a sudden, he starts breathing again. Just like, all of, they don't even, like the paramedics are sitting there like, wait, we didn't have to use the things to shock him. <laughs> right? How crazy. And how is that possible? It's possible through the Holy Spirit. If he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal, mortal bodies because the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Think of this for a second. I, I'm getting really stuck here, but it's because I feel like you're not fully grasping it. Maybe you are. But there is like, Jesus was raised from the dead by a person, right? My friend was raised from the dead by this person. That same person that raised those people from the dead is inside of you, giving life to your body right now. So why don't you pray? Why don't you read your Bible to get to know that person better? Why don't you pray for your sick friend? Why don't you ask God for the things that you want in your life? Why don't you ask him for help on that test that you're super anxious about? Maybe you're struggling with depression or you're struggling with um, even your grades. Maybe you're struggling with the loss of a, a friend or a pet or, or whatever it is that's like pulling you down. You're letting your circumstances pull you down, but you have this, this person literally inside of you. You have God inside of your body ready to give you life, ready to give you uh, joy, peace, just life. 
like good life, not just the, I guess I woke up again today. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. We're not going to get too stuck. So the third step of salvation, and the part that I want you to catch on today was spiritual formation. We're going to do two of these. This one's the Holy Spirit. It's a huge way that we are changed. We're changed by the things that we intentionally do to get to know the Holy Spirit, but we're also just changed by the Holy Spirit. The process of saying, Jesus, come into my life, changes us to some degree through the Holy Spirit. The second way is through community, and that's what we're going to talk about next week. So don't miss it. You're going to miss it. Here's the evidence of the Spirit living in your life. The fruit of the Holy Spirit being present in you. If you're thinking, I don't know if I know Jesus. I don't know if I, like, really understand what it means to be a Christian. I don't know if I have the power of God in my life. I don't know if God's actually living in me. It's right here, guys. It's super simple. It's not that you're going to have these all the time because we have to pray to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to be these things in some circumstances. But these should overflow out of your life in ways that they didn't before. They're love, joy, peace, patience, or forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified. Who, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we just talked about that. When you when you accept Jesus into your life, you're essentially saying, "I'm dead to those things now. I'm done with it. I'm over it." Okay. I'm going to step into a new thing. I'm, I'm over the desires of the flesh. I don't want to watch the bad movie because I know that it's bad. I want to go read my Bible or pray or stick with Sesame Street for now, okay? Yeah. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's the part that we've got to catch on to. Since we live by the Spirit, uh, we have to keep in step with the Spirit. We keep saying that over and over again. It's in, in Galatians 5, earlier in the chapter where we talked about it, to walk by the Spirit. But it's kind of hard because what does it mean to be in step with the Spirit? Is it, what does that mean? Do you think you know? Do I need to explain it? I look at all these Bibles in the front row. You guys are crushing it. You trying to find Romans still? Oh, trying to find Galatians? Just checking it out. That's cool too. <laughs> um, I appreciate you bringing your Bibles. That's really awesome. A lot of you brought your notebook, notebooks back, which is really good too. And for all the, the senior high... 9th through 12th grade, we got notebooks for you this week so you can not feel left out and then you'll have your own church notebook. Um, but what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? What does it mean to stay in step with the Spirit? What does it mean? Because they keep, they keep saying this. They keep saying, the, the writers in the New Testament, they keep saying, walk by the Spirit, stay in step with the Spirit, follow the Spirit. What does that mean? It's It's easier than we often make it seem, okay? So part of the reason I also wanted to talk to you guys about the Holy Spirit tonight was because I wanted to, to just ask this question. Uh, there's a few other questions that I want to ask you, but your small group leader is going to ask for me. Um, but this question is one that I just really want you to ask yourself right now. Okay? Is the Holy Spirit evident in your life? It's a really straightforward question, really easy to understand. We've described what it looks like to have the Holy Spirit in your life. We've talked a little bit about what it means to invite the Holy Spirit into your life. 
But do you feel like the Holy Spirit is really evident in your life? For those of you who, who consider yourselves to be Christians, if, you, if you're not there yet, if you like, I'm still new to this whole idea, then you need to like pull your leader aside tonight and say, I want to experience the Spirit. I want to experience what it means to live out the fruit of the Spirit, the, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Because it shouldn't be that tricky. Walking in step with the Spirit, we make it this huge thing, especially um, even speaking to the leaders, the seniors, the older people in the room who have, who have been around church a little bit. We make it really hard. i, I got to figure out how to prophesy. i got to figure out how to, you know, what, what's a word of knowledge? I have to figure out how to heal somebody. I have to pray over this and that, and I just want to experience God moving. But it's not that hard because um, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name or according to my will, I'll do it. And that just means he's saying if you're following the Spirit's leading, if you're really if you're really leaning on God and you're following Him into every situation, opportunity, and circumstance, and you're saying you're listening, you're saying, "Yeah, Jesus, I'm just going to do exactly what you asked me to," and you step into it, then it's as simple as that. It's as simple as as last week when um, a student came up and they said, "I just feel like I need to say that anxiety and fear need to be gone in the room." They, that, that individual, I'm sure they know who they are now, but that individual probably didn't necessarily know all of what they were doing. They were just following the call in their heart. So what I'm asking you to do this week, as you continue to do your soap reading, we have more of those soap cards. So if you haven't been here yet, you'll kind of get in the loop. We'll give you one, we'll give you the notebook. If you don't have a Bible, please tell me I have more Bibles that I can hand out to y'all. Um, so you can read that, follow along. But what I'm asking you to do this week is to intentionally ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Ask the Holy Spirit to show up in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to be evident in your life. Again, not difficult. Holy Spirit, who am I supposed to talk to at the, the lunchroom today? Holy Spirit, how can I encourage my mom right now? Holy Spirit, what... I feel like I need to text somebody because I'm kind of bored and I don't know what to do with my time in between homework or whatever. What, what should I say to this friend? Who's the person that I need to reach out to? Who needs me right now? Every moment and opportunity in your life, right? We went all the way back to week one. Everything you do or do not do changes who you are. You have an opportunity every single moment of your life to do or not do something to change who you are, who you're becoming, who you're going to be in the future. Make sense? We're on the same page? Alright. It doesn't have to be heavy. It's not a big deal, really. We're just going to fall in love with the Holy Spirit. We're going to fall in love with Jesus. And when we do that, we're going to walk in step with Him. And all of a sudden, that anger problem that you have, the way that you jump at your sibling, is gone. All you have to do is ask. Really? You feel like you're a little bit snappy? Sometimes I'm a little snappy. Jessica would attest to it, right, Jessica? <laughs> it's gone. All you have to do is ask. Holy Spirit, be evident in my life. All right, I'm going to pray for us really quick, and then you're going to head to small group. Father God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. We thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit through Jesus and allowing us to experience uh, what it means to truly know you here on this earth.
I ask for each one of these students that you would give them um, an awareness of your Holy Spirit with them. I ask for those that aren't ready or, or haven't yet been ready to follow Jesus to say, I believe, I want to experience this. Um, for them to be able to step forward and come to their leaders and say, yeah, I'm ready. I, I, I want to try this Holy Spirit thing out. I want to experience God. I just ask, Father, that you would um, continue to move in this place, that you continue to do what only you can do. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Father God. Amen.